The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right. This Saturday night, we got an awesome show. As you guys know that um, we get questions and answers. We do interviews. And uh, it gets wild up in here. But I love the questions and answers because they're from you guys, the ones that are actually DMing us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, emailing us, and giving these questions uh, that just need to be answered. Honest, straight-up questions. And I brought in two of the best that have been on the show several times, Wade O'Neill and Sean McKeon. Man, we've been, Sean and I have been on the studio, doing the studio for like six years now, right? It's going by fast, yeah. Six years. It's still happening. And we continue. God keeps opening more doors with uh, new stations. I think we just got picked up on another three stations. If you are a station or you're listening to this and you would like us to be on a local station, please email them, let them know, or contact us if you're a station and we love to get on and continue to uh, get the broadcast syndicated on more stations. They're on, I think we're on close to 600 stations now, and God keeps doing just awesome stuff. We keep hearing your guys' story. We keep getting your guys' questions. And you know, as I travel all around the world, guys, um, and even through the nation, it's cool when people come up and they're like, man, we listen to you guys. We, we mm-hmm. listen to you guys on the story. We listen to you guys on the radio or like on YouTube. And, um, you know, thank you for answering those questions. They love the, mm-hmm. the question and answer show. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to bring it today again, obviously, with a biblical lens. That's how we do everything is through a biblical lens. So we're going to just let it rip today. And um, let, here we go. So this is going to be uh, – this is one question, but yeah. I think this could be uh, a big question mm-hmm. and go in many different directions. So let's just take our time on this one. But here's from the first uh, question. What kind of influence from the world are you seeing in today's culture? So we got the music culture. We got mm. politics. We got church culture. Mm. Um, we got the, I don't even know if you would call this a culture, but I mean mm. the institution of schools and then the college culture. Um, w- one thing I'm going to just start off with, which was a conversation that I had last night about Christian school culture. Mm. So I was uh, I was over with um, Lindsay and Sean, you know uh, Lindsay Snyder from In and Out Burger, the owner there, and Sean, her husband. They have a ministry. It's called uh, Army, of Army of Love. So there's there's a couple different things. So Army of Love is their actual uh, ministry that they do, um, which is uh, they disciple. They 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 work with Teen Challenge. Help people come out of addiction because Lindsay's. Um, father, uh, you know, he was like a race car driver and he had a bunch of surgeries, got, you know, hooked on, on pills and opiates because of all the surgeries and ended up passing away. Mm-hmm. So her heart is for addictions and, and help people get disciple, discipleship. So they have Army of Love, which where I was at last night. But then with In-N-Out Burger, they have, uh, they have Slaved Nothing, which is a nonprofit that funds different ministries. Uh, they they fund different um, facilities like Teen Challenge and people that are helping with addiction, human trafficking. They even have like another ministry. Uh, another I keep saying ministry, but it's not a ministry because it's a, it's with the mainstream company. Um, they have another a nonprofit company, and it helps with ch- uh, Children Abuse Foundation. So their heart is to do awesome things. But I was with them last night, and I was actually with the the, the director of uh, Army of Love, and he was telling me how in Christian schools uh, the culture is changing. Because, you know, we've, we've, I think your kids are in Christian school, right? Yeah, they could do like a hybrid. Yeah, and are your kids, kids in no, Christian school? they're homeschooled right now. They're in, they're in homeschool. So uh, my kids are in public school, and we're mm-hmm. looking into getting them. We were just looking at Christian school mm-hmm. stuff. And when we were going to go to this one Christian school, they gave us like a, a survey or an interview that we had to fill out online. And you wouldn't know how to answer these questions unless you were like a legit spirit-filled Christian, mm. like if you weren't, if you were a Sunday morning Christian, you would not, you would yeah. not supply. So they do that to make sure that they keep the culture mm. of that school on point for the yeah. for the Christian kids to disciple them and grow them. That's their focus for their particular church. Yeah. But what's been going on from yes, you know what I've heard yesterday is that since COVID, that Christian schools have exploded with attendance because a lot of there's a lot of conservatives that just aren't Christians. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then there's other people that just don't want to put their kids in masks and make them go to school. So the Christian schools have been exploding with a, a several non-Christians. Yeah. And what's happening is they're saying that now 50% of the students are non-Christian and the church the, – the, the, the culture is changing at the church or I'm sorry, at the Christian school. Because yeah. when you really think about it, it's like if you put like half the school non-Christians yeah. with yeah. a bunch of Christians – Naturally, kids are going to have conversations and look at things on their phones and, yeah. you know, blah, 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 blah. So that is one thing. So what kind of influence from the world are you seeing in today's generation? Well, that's what's happening in the Christian school system, which is very interesting, which is also awesome why the, uh, the whosoever's have been able to go into the Christian schools and preach the gospel and actually lead a lot of them to the Lord. But how have you seen – we'll start with you, Sean. How have you seen – well, I think the the biggest thing, I think education's a big one. I think a lot of stuff trickles down from there, to be real. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at the music industry, when you look at what happens in schools, all of it correlates with one another. Um, because what comes from there? Your, idol- your um, ideas on sexuality, mm-hmm. uh, I think True. that that is the big thing that has infiltrated the school. Because mm-hmm. think about it. Kids are in high schools. It doesn't matter what it is. Like Christian, non-Christian, doesn't matter. Like, you grow up with a sinful nature. All, everyone does. And so, but you kind of find your way. You, sometimes you have some kind of a moral compass. Maybe even at a public school or private school, you have, like, good influence. Your parents, you go to college. Mm-hmm. Or, or you go to the house and you go travel, do stuff. You're influenced by so many things of the world. And when we say world, it's, it sounds like a term like, well, what does that mean? When the Bible speaks of world, it's speaking of the world system. And when I may say world system, the things that dictate our society, basically. Uh, and the Bible says behind it that Satan is the god of this world. He is um, the god of this age. So I would say that the sexuality, the moral compass, is the thing that has kind of infiltrated our culture and everything. Mm-hmm. From, from music through things that you see on television, media, so many things have changed from the mainstream like things that were, and again, we got to think, like, we got to be real. Like, you think about when we grew up young, even though it wouldn't be at something, there was still some gnarly stuff, right? Like, there's Two Live Crew, there, there's NWA. Who's that? Who's that? <laughs> um, there is, sometimes when you go back there and was. see some 80s stuff, you're like, dang, I, I forgot that was there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? But as we grow up, and it was we, minimal. We, we it, grew- it existed, but it was it was it, it was big. Yeah. But it existed, but it wasn't everywhere. I would say this is the difference from that time to this because there were a lot of things that were there. Because I was kind of doing some history thing of kind of looking at the early '90s and like '90s were a blur to us in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of I was listening to some of the songs of that time and just kind of reflecting, and you just you hear this. Uh, uh, I don't want to say rebellion, but maybe a little bit of it, and just what was coming out at that time. But I would say what's different now is it's accepted in the mainstream. Yeah, you're right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of this stuff was there. You're right. That's why it was a little bit more rebellious. On our side, it was a little bit more rebellious going now with some accepted. of the things. Now it's a little bit more accepted and it's the norm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Totally. I, I think that that's probably the mm-hmm. biggest thing, and that all goes back to a lowering of the moral compass, moral standard, the land and it happens in the school system Mm -hmm. it happens in from elementary now junior high high school definitely in college and it's in the workplace i think we've all been bombarded because you're being taught in everything that you watch things that you watch on youtube things that you watch on television these things are shaping your mind by the way you view the world and if it is being skewed in all these different directions you might not even realize it but you're being shaped and molded into the the way of thinking of this world and movies like movies, movies what, yeah. like I remember like PG thirteen versus R now like PG thirteen it's pretty gnarly you're still. seeing like R stuff well you you're actually seeing guys naked now you're actually yeah. seeing private parts if you will right in movies now which was never heard no of uh-uh. they're at, so it's like the progression uh, that's that's one way what about you uh, Wade well, everything's just everything's forced down your down your throat I mean when we're talking about children and kids. Like there's things that kids are wrestling with today that weren't even like, weren't even a thing yeah. when when we were kids or when I was a kid. Um, 
mean, even you're talking about sexuality. Like, you never heard of a kid confused about their gender. Mm-hmm. And it's not just accepted, it's, it's forced down their throat. That's why you're talking about the, the uh, Christian school system. A lot of parents are just trying to protect their kids from this curriculum yeah. um, that's being forced down their kid's mm-hmm. throat. Yep. And it's, it, it really is sad because a lot of these kids that aren't, even if they are raised in a Christian home, you're not equipped with the ability to, to, com- to, com- to combat the, the lie of the enemy in your mind that, oh, maybe, maybe I am gay or maybe I am a girl or maybe I am a boy. And so there, there are so many, so many things that are being forced down the, the throats of children before they even form a, a, a worldview. You were talking about a worldview. Um, I mean, we, we've, we've never had so much access to so much information and so many people's opinions that it's like, man, what, what is the truth anymore? And mm-hmm. when you lose that, that, that uh, standard of what truth is, you're open to all kinds of deception. Yep. 100%. You nailed it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, let's jump into this uh, next one. How can we as Christians be more effective in combating the corruption that is taking place in the world today? Mm-hmm. How can we be more effective? Well, I mean, I could just say straight up, like, like right now we have uh, I think Charlie Kirk's doing a, he's doing Turning Point here. I'm gonna go down with my dad, but they're basically getting everyone together, pastors and leaders together to like basically say, hey, we need to make we need to make a stand. And you know, with with even with Sean, he from In and Out Burger, he's gonna go down there and he's gonna he's gonna it's like 20 minute thing. He's gonna talk. You know how In and Out made a stand. You know we're not the police to do this. Like we have to make our stand in all these different industries mm-hmm. and for for what is right and true and not go along with the world system mm-hmm. because we're no it's corrupt we're seeing what's happening in the world at large mm-hmm. like with the wars and and just weird stuff happening without getting political it was, you know a lot of corruption yeah. going on um and i think it, we just have to stand for what's right mm-hmm. from like what what our kids are hearing yeah. what's going on in schools even with churches going woke and just getting pastors going woke and trying to be celebrities instead of mm-hmm. like teaching the Bible, mm-hmm. um, all these different agendas. You just got to stand for what is right through the biblical lens. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's getting to a point, honestly, where because obviously, you know, I do evangelism, right? So, you know, when you're in a church uh, atmosphere in a church place and you're teaching, you're 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 teaching the body, you're discipling through the Word of God, through mm-hmm. the what the Word of God mm-hmm. says. So you're basically with you know most likely it's like high nineties of percent of people that are Christians right or believers or that are open to the gospel right because mm-hmm. they're they're coming to church where where and you could hit hard on everything you know but when me as an evangelist I'm out there I'm in front of like I'm I'm witnessing to the LGBTQ community I'm, I'm plus you know the transgender I'm I'm witnessing to the atheists you know the, all the anti God people. So I'm, I, I'm working on trying to see, I want to stand for everything that's right. And I will always stand for what's right, but it's also, I have to navigate how I don't, I'm, I'm like a Navy SEAL, you know, where I'm going behind the enemy lines and I'm reaching people. So I don't want to close doors for me to be able to go reach these people. Mm-hmm. Cause that's my thing is evangelism, catch them and bring them in. But I'm, I'm also, as things are changing, too, so rapidly, you know, I'm being a lot more vocal, too. Like, okay, hold on. Drag queens out of school doing the splits and having dollars to people or, or just doing the splits and doing nasty, uh, whatever you call it, torquing or whatever. Mm. Like, okay, hold on, I can't stand for that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like this fine line to, to see how we stand for, for – we're always going to stand for what's right, mm-hmm. right? But we also got to figure out, I guess my point is, how do we stand for what's right for sure, no matter what, through the biblical lens. But then also, that's called truth. But then using the grace, because we believe with Calvary mm-hmm. Chapel, it, it's about grace and truth, mm-hmm. right? So the truth must exist. We must stand for truth. But then we have to be able to have that grace to be able to reach in yeah. and grab people. So it's just this, this navigation of how do we c- combat the corruption. And it's, it's basically just doing your part, what God has called you to do, your piece in the world, mm. and whatever that is, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I would agree with that, and I think that when this statement, because I think this is what you see, like, 
the unrest of the world. And I think it's in the heart of a lot of us. It's just like you want to stand to do something. And over the last couple of years, I think through social media, a, a lot of people look at it as a means to do that, right? So maybe it's, you know, popping off and, and communicating. And there are some people that are, that are called to that. Um, but I think that sometimes all your voices can get watered down too, I would say. And like b- before you know it, everyone's saying this thing, they got this or whatever, um, I, I don't know if it was Charlie Kirk or it was somebody else that's like, you want to change the world? You really want to have impact on the world? It's go home, love your wife, love your husband if you're a woman, love your children, pour into their lives, invest into their lives, because that is the next generation that will make impact. What's taking place in our communities and our society today is that we have allowed to, to um, pull back from the families because... The reason why you look back at our society today, 60s, 70s, and 80s, 90s, when the family started splitting and being destroyed, that's where um, a lot of things went wrong. I'm not saying that you could fix it overnight. It's, it's, a, it's a tough thing. But that is the biggest thing because your, our children, we all, you have four, I have three, he has three. I mean, before you know it, we're gone if the Lord tarries. And for them to have a better future, it's us kind of, Standing for truth, for sure, in every principle. Standing up, speaking truth, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but also in investing in their lives and giving them a future. Encouraging them to know their call. Uh, you kind of sit at the tail end, right? And it's like you doing your part. Like For these people, it's just being who God's called you to be. It's not necessarily being a pastor, being yeah. a missionary. Like Those are uh, an evangelist. Those are particular things that God calls individuals. God calls you to be a fireman. God calls you to be a teacher. Exactly. God calls you to be into politics. God calls you to be an entrepreneur. Like, do it with integrity. Show an influence of a man that can make impact on the world, that the way that he runs his business is one that is of integrity. The one that his employees respect them. He walks in truth. Do you know what I'm saying? And the same thing with a woman. Like, uh, they're, they're not doing the, they're not living like the culture all around them. So I think that the, the um, the focus of making an impact on the world, it's just not like in our words. It's not even from our teachings that we just do, do in 30, 40 minutes a week or whatever. It's from being an influence practically in our lives daily, growing as men and for the ladies, growing as women, because we're all in this is a battle. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get overwhelmed sometimes. I get stressed out. I get angry. Um, but at the end of the day, like we, we need to we need to stand for truth. We have to have compassion for people, like you said, Ryan. I mean, you're you're an evangelist and all these things, like you said, and it's true. Like it's a gnarly world out there, mm-hmm. and the way that people view the world is much different than what the church views. Mm-hmm. You know, you and you have it from different classes. People that have a lot of money, a lot of cash, they don't have no time for the things of the Lord. Not not all, but some. And you are just busy with their own life. Mm-hmm. You know, and so they don't. Busy see no, making money. Yeah, <laughs> they don't see no need for God. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And so, but you want to reach them. And who's going to reach them if you're not being like that witness? When I was saying about the everyone do their part, it's like God put everyone in a specific place, right? So you have the doctors, the teachers, the firemen, the presidents, you know, all these different, the government officials, the Charlie Kirks, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone's in their place. So if everyone just does their part as a Christian, you're influencing all areas of culture. Yes. You know, and just picking it back on what you're saying, that's, yeah. that's what I mean. I do your part. You know, yeah. I'm not saying go out and become a politician. Well, if God's leading you to, sure. You yeah. know, if, if you want to be a pastor, then sure. But, like, be your influence in your area. Yeah. And us believers are everywhere. So we're mm-hmm. influencing everything. All right. Yeah. Uh, how to witness to a younger bro who is 27 and is recovering from addiction. Mm-hmm. How would you – you guys cancel people all the time. A lot of patience. You know, a lot of patience and a lot of, um, like, I think the the door's got to remain open, but you can't. I have family members that are drug addicts, like really, really close family members that are drug drug addicts, and they just go in and out and in and out, and it's it's exhausting at times. Mm -hmm. Um, What's helped for me is I I don't think you can look at, you got to look at each individual that's battling as an individual. Their circumstances are so, their temperament is so yeah particular to them um but i think for me where i i have found the most i i don't know if success is the right word but impact is always pointing them back to the lord 
and letting the door remain open. Um, but at the same time, um, not allowing your, yourself to, to be abused yeah. by, their, by their decisions and their emotions. So um, it took me a long time to learn how to do that, but you've got to draw the line in your relationship with them and know, like, I'm not going to be at every uh, women call all the time in every season, but if you call me, you know what you're going to get. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to go the extra mile for you as the Lord leads me to go the extra mile for you. Mm. Um, I, I got your back in this but I can't allow your sin to disrupt the entirety of my life and my family, but I will always have your back and you know where I'm at if you need to find me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, it's always a messy ministry, but don't make sure you're not getting uh, taken advantage of because they got to want to quit. Yeah. They got to want to quit. And if they don't want to quit, you're just going to be spinning your wheels. Go let them run their course. And then when they want to quit, then they can come. All right. Why are why were people so scared of the angels in the Bible when they saw them? So let's think about some stories of the angels when they appeared. So we had that we had the Sodom and Gomorrah angels, right? They showed up. They they actually when they were trying to break into the house, there was a bright light yeah. and blinded them. So that was one circumstance. But then oh uh, Samson oh oh in the in the temple huh? in the temple with um, John the Baptist's dad. Yeah, he appeared to him. So why? Why were people so scared? It's a it's a reverence, yeah. I, you know. It, it's the the heaven coming down on, on earth, to earth. It's man being aware of their, their frailty and their weakness. You know, when the when the not just the angels, but you think about like when the Lord appeared. I mean, when the Lord appeared, they bowed down, yeah. right? And when you're in the presence of holiness, mm-hmm. when you're in the presence of the reality that God is real. It, it, it's something that stops you in your tracks. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for all of us that have done ministry, and I, I'll just, let me just say this, like, you see the battle of good and evil. Like, when you see, like, the demonic realm, too, and you're like, dude, mm-hmm. like, when you identify and you see, like, demonic oppression, depression, possession, when you see the influence of evil, it also makes you like, dude, I don't want that. That's thinking crazy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you are identifying that there is something good, right? Like, I can identify that that's whack, that's evil. Why does it feel so dark? Um, and so I think it's just a being confronted with the reality of the spiritual realm. Think about it. Piggybacking off what you just ended with. Think about the yeah. supernatural realm yeah. showing up in your imagine if like an angel appeared from heaven. <laughs> yeah. Like when you read about them and you read about what Lucifer looked like, these heavenly beings mm-hmm. crossing over, you know, to like this natural realm. Like what you would see would be not I mean, it, you would be freaked out. You would be freaked out. Mm-hmm. Everyone would be freaked out. You have this angel show up and even, even more so, think about even in the old days. Like, we've seen, like, AI and, and video screens right. and really cool graphics and stuff mm-hmm. and movies. They didn't even have that stuff. Imagine uh-huh. an angel crossing over mm-hmm. back then. At least we have more of an idea. I mean, we don't know what angels look like. No, but, like, with the graphics, yes. Yes. We, we've seen more, like, closer to heavenly kind of beings, like supernatural stuff, than these guys would ever see back in these days. They didn't even have running water. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They were... Go ahead. No, I just, oh, okay. No, I'm not. <laughs> when you're really visual like that, I'd be freaked out. If they showed up today, I'd be freaked out. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> so, do you uh, do you think Mickey Mouse is today's golden calf? Mickey Mouse is golden calf. So, golden calf. so yeah. for those and you you can respond this, but those are the golden calf is just something in the Old Testament for for those that know the Bible that don't know the Bible. It was just a time where. Um, the children of Israel came out of Egypt. Um, God w- was leading them by their leader Moses to go into the promised land. Um, the Lord would speak. The Lord would lead uh, Moses to a mountain to get what is known as the Ten Commandments, where God would speak to him and give him his heart. As he was delayed coming down, the people thought they got unrest, and they began to throw all their gold and everything. In the, in the time of uh, Egypt, there, and you see it like through history, right? Like the gods and all the kind of stuff that they would worship. So they were just, their mindset was like, they, um, you know, Moses ain't coming back. We're out here in the wilderness. We're, let's build us a god. And they 
basically would worship, worship this god or this idol, and there was sexual immorality, there was orgies, there was all this kind of stuff. And so the comparison to like Dizzy, I know it's going to the extreme, but you look at Dizzy and its influence, and it is like pretty gnarly, the stuff that is being infiltrated. I, I see things come up all the time as far as you know the CEOs and stuff like that, stuff that they're standing for, stuff that they're pushing to the extreme. Uh, what would you say? Yeah, I mean, I, I get the comparison. I think the, the question is like less of Mickey Mouse, more as Disney as a whole. Yeah. I mean... <clears throat> It's crazy, you know. The agenda, the agenda is not even hidden anymore. No. Within, like, even if if you even stream through Disney Plus, um, there's a specific icon in there for like the gay agenda, and no way. it's it's crazy. So the homosexual characters and trans characters, and mm-hmm. in, in in within like cartoons for kids. Yeah. Um, and you go from there to even like Star Wars and everything that they got their hands in now, and making the characters that were never. Gay, gay now. And, Wait, what happened? It was Obi Wan Kenobi. I heard, I heard about it. I heard Obi Wan went gay. I heard he's supposed I to be. I can't believe. I heard. It. I heard what is going on? It's just trying too hard. That's the thing. It's just trying too hard. But again, hard. it's that, like, gotta, we, yeah. like we talked at the beginning, just force down your your kids' yeah. throats. Yeah, and yeah. it's just it's it is everywhere. So I get the comparison, but I don't know. It's well, crazy. Let's let's um speaking of a golden calves or or idol worship. I mean, let's let's kind of unpack that. Um, what can be like an idol worship in in our lives mm-hmm. as as believers, right? Yeah. So back in the, in those days, back in the old days of, of Christianity or or the Bible days, should I say, they had the Moloch, mm-hmm. they had the Ashraf, you know, the god of pornography, the god of power, the god of money. Mm-hmm. You know, even when you look at Indians, India, they got you know the they got the elephant god i forget mm. the name of them but they have all they have thousands of gods all these different idols that mm. they worship for like money and success and and it doesn't even have to be an idol in our life as far as like a statue that we worship mm. you know like a buddha or whatever it is um a god in our life could be like us pursuing like success and mm. money over like we don't have time for god because i'm working and i gotta make money and i gotta be mm. successful or your God is like, I need to have, you know, like a collection of cars and, and I wash them every, every, you know, three times a week and I don't want nothing to happen to you. It's just perfect. Like everything, your mind is all about these things. Or, or maybe your God is pornography and you're just, you're hooked on porn and you're mm-hmm. constantly watching porn. You're worshiping the God of, of, of Ashtaraf, you know. So there's all these different gods and idols that could be in our lives. You could be putting your, your wife, your kids can be an idol. You're yeah. putting them first in your life and you don't have time to God because you got to go to all the games or I got, you know, Sunday I got to take my wife out, but that's my day day with her. I can't go to church. I don't have time. Like any, there's all these different idols that could be in our lives that can become these gods. That's why Jesus, what God says is you got to, you got to worship your, uh, your, what it was in Leviticus about, you got to worship him only. Um, He's the, uh, I can't think of that verse right now. It just slipped my mind. But basically, God basically says that he's the only one to be worshipped. Mm-hmm. No one else yeah. but him. Yeah. You shouldn't have any other idols. Yeah. And what, what's that one verse? It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. So anything that you're seeking in your life, mm-hmm. you know, money, success, you know, a, a wife, uh, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, peace, joy, mm-hmm. God, put yeah. him first and he will literally... Do that work, and he will open the doors, but he needs to be the number one God in our life. No other idols. So we're going to go to break here in a minute. Um, Hit our uh, YouTube, right? It's Ryan Reese, official. Yes. Click subscribe. Um, You will uh, get all the past radio shows. Get this show. Grab it. Share it with your friends. Um, It will encourage people, disciple people. Hit us up on DM. Continue to send the questions in. I have a book out called Kill the Noise. You could buy it online everywhere books are sold. It's a discipleship. It's a faith builder book. If you want to donate to the movement, we tour the public school system. Hit us up at thewhosoevers.com. Book us to come out. We hit public schools. Uh, we go international as well. We do conferences, workshops. Um, we speak at, at, at church services. We hit the youth in the church as well. Obviously, with these conversations from the very beginning, we have to hit the church and the, the public the, or the, the mainstream. Like we live just in a time now where Christian kids are just as jacked up as the, as the street kids, you know, and they need to know that God loves them. 
and mm. they don't need religion. Mm. They need a relationship. Yeah. They need to have, have a true encounter with God's presence because when you encounter God's presence, when the Holy Spirit power will come upon you, you will be changed forever. So we'll be back in two minutes right after the break with Sean McKeon and Wade O'Neill. Peace. More of The Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Over the past four years, an astounding 51,000 students from seven states, five countries, and 183 schools have responded to the gospel message because of the Whosoever's Kill the Noise Tour. A 15-year-old living in today's world gathers as much information in one day as a 15-year-old 80 years ago would have gathered in one full year. Do you realize the youth suicide rate is at an all-time high? Listen, in the next 24 hours in the USA alone, 1,439 teens will attempt suicide. Every 100 minutes, a teen takes their own life. 2,795 teenage girls will become pregnant and 15,006 teens will use drugs for the first time. The increasing amount of noise bombarding our students daily is destroying their minds and souls at an alarming rate. For this reason, the Whosoever's Kill the Noise Tour is a necessity. All right, dude, we are at the Kill the Noise Tour. We're in California right now, and it's about to pop off. We're getting everyone ready. We're going to pray, and then uh, basically the event's going to start, and we're going to see all kinds of kids come to the Lord. It's going to be sick. many students as we possibly can with the message of the gospel. This is no easy task. We need kingdom builders like you to join us in this battle against the ever-increasing noise that surrounds the lives of these students. Please consider helping us expand this mission by partnering with the Whosoever's Kill the Noise Tour. Thank you for empowering future generations with us. All right, we are back in studio this Saturday night with Mr. Sean McKeon and Wade O'Neill, and we are taking your questions. Sean and Wade, they're actually pastors over here at uh, Calvary Chapel Golden Springs at my dad's church, Raul Reese, here in Southern California. So, you know, if you guys ever uh, make your way out to the church, um, come check it out. They're teaching here. My dad's teaching here. They got good stuff going on. We got three Sunday morning services that are crack-a-lacking. You can get into the live stream. They got a Wednesday night. And uh, several other ministries that you could uh, get involved with, men's, women's, and addiction ministry. And by, we have a, a pretty uh, large-scale uh, Bible school here. So come out, get the Bible, get plugged in, and full send. So we're going to jump into these questions again right now. And it says, what are your thoughts on dating a non-believer, Wade? 
Have they changed? No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Bible says not to be unequally yoked together with a non-believer for what fellowship has light with darkness. And so the answer is you can't date an unbeliever. But if if you're in a situation where you've gotten saved and you are in a relationship with someone who is not a believer, uh, a dating relationship, I should say. Obviously, if you're married, it's a total different counsel. And maybe, Sean, you could hit that if you want. But um, dating a non-believer, you know, the Bible tells us to be uh, careful with um, what we invest our heart into. And we, the Bible tells us to keep our heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. And so before you even enter into, we, we got to check our feelings, our emotions, our attractions by what the Word of God says. God's will is not difficult to discern. You have to you have to bring your emotions into check with what the word of God is saying, and if the word of God, if if your what you're feeling is contrary to what God's word says, then it's wrong, and you got to submit to it and, and obey it. It's like the Lord before the children of Israel went into the promised land in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, the Lord set before him blessings and cursings, and He said, "If you obey me, there's blessing in it. If you disobey, there's going to be curses and challenges and results of your disobedience." So sometimes we can't. Um, we can't see the blessing in obedience, but you have to obey by faith and realize that God has something better for you. And that better can be where God gets a hold of that person. Absolutely. And they can become a Christian. Yeah. But maybe that does not happen. And what happens is if you are in a relationship with someone, you're dating them, and then all of a sudden they become a Christian or you become a Christian, what's going to happen is their whole mindset is going to change. Their outlook on life, their moral compass mm-hmm. is going to change. Mm-hmm. And if you're dating, say, for instance, a atheist or a, someone that's very liberal or someone that's you know anti-God, maybe not like, I hate God, but like, or that could be the case too. Mm-hmm. But regardless, the stuff that when you're not a Christian, your moral compass is totally different. And then as you, God starts changing you and you're dating and you end up getting married, now you're going in two different directions. And that's, that's probably the most scary part mm-hmm. about dating if you're in a relationship with a non-Christian. Because you're like, oh, we've, but we're totally get along. Yeah, but when you guys are non-Christians, now you're going to see the transformation mm-hmm. process. And it could be, start butting heads. Mm-hmm. And that could turn into a world of hurt, especially if you have kids, you get married. Yeah. And all that stuff down the line, it could get gnarly. And I'm telling you right now, we've heard the story after story of people that didn't listen. They mm-hmm. proceeded. They got married because we were in love. And then... But, you know, the thing is with marriage, it's more about more than just love. You're not going to be Google eyes all the time. Mm-hmm. You're going to go through hard times. Mm-hmm. You're going to go through uh, changes in your life, ups and downs. And if you don't have the same moral compass, the biblical lens, good luck. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. how many times have we, yeah. you know, maybe got into it with our wife over something or whatever, you know, you know, just normal life circumstances. But at the end of the day, we're like, but what does the Bible say? Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm wrong. And, 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 and I'll say I'll take the blame. You know, I'm wrong. Like, yeah, the Bible says this, even though I know I'm right, but I'm not. <laughs> of course I'm right. I'm always right. Edit that. I, no, can you please edit that, please? No, but, uh, but I'm wrong, right? But then at yeah. the end of the day, it's the Bible. No, yeah, for sure. So imagine other conviction. stuff. If you don't have that Bible to, to, to be the end, it's the end all, basically. Yeah. Okay, at the end of the day, you think you're right, I think I'm right. What does the Bible say? Okay, I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Dang it, this stinks. But that's the whole thing. But then as a Christian... If you're no, if you're married, so how does this work? If you're married to an unbeliever, yeah. you're, oh no, you're married as you get married as unbelievers, and then you become a Christian. What does the Bible teach? Yeah, so that's like brought up in First Corinthians chapter seven, um, and it was something that was common during that time. You got to remember, yes, we live here in the United States of America. We kind of painted the picture of how crazy things are here, but you look at the Church of Corinth, you look at the Church of Thessalonica, uh, you look at Rome itself. You know, that that part was very sexual and relationships were all over the place. So imagine you come to the Lord. God's touched your life. You're married. And now you want to do what God says. Paul's giving you instruction. So and we all know that a relationship with God cannot be forced. Like somebody's not a Christian just because now that the wife's a Christian. Now the husband's a Christian or, you know, now that your children. It, no, it's, that's not how it goes. It's. God works in our lives individually. So let's say I come, I'm married. Both I'm married. Me and my wife, we we don't know the Lord. Let's just say that, and I come to the Lord. I get have a life change, 
And now she's not walking with God. Like she doesn't want to pursue church. She doesn't want to pray. She doesn't want to read the Bible. She doesn't understand because it's just not on the wavelength. The Bible gives us instruction about it. And it says, this is what, what you should do. Let your life be an example. You love your wife. Be, be faithful uh, to your wife. And maybe by your good conduct, by the way you live your life in consistency, you can win your, your wife over to the, to the Lord. Now, if the wife says, you're crazy, like, I don't want anything to do with you, like, you, all this Jesus and whatever, and she desires, she leaves. Uh, the, the Bible does even speak about that. If they come to a place where they want, want to leave, they don't want nothing to do with it, there's other steps there, too. And you can switch it vice versa with the, with the woman and for, for the men. But God's ideal is for, because you're bringing up the unequally yoked, and it's yeah. cool to define this, because there's probably a lot of people out there that find themselves in more of this situation. They got married when they were younger, kind of did things, and now what do we do? Dude, hold down the fort. You know, God's working in your life. Trust in the process. Pray for your wife, even if she's not walking with God, and allow God to, to move in her life. And because you will have challenges, you know, but God can do a miracle. But like what Ryan and Wade just said, too, is like, but out, out of the start, if you're in a relationship and you're with somebody that's not walking with God, dude, you are going to go different directions. Mm-hmm. I remember when I came to the Lord, I was a seeing a girl. I was seeing her for probably about a year. Um, kind of had some crazy stuff. She ended up getting an abortion six months prior to this. I was in a very dark place in my life. Um, I was all messed up on mess. She saw this process. She was down for me a lot. I kind of, I had been so jacked up from relationships. At this time, I was 27. And so then she saw this change, and we would talk a little bit, but the Lord was just doing it. He was distancing myself with her, like, and I didn't even know. I had no instruction. Nobody told me the unequally yoked or any of that. So I just come come to this big church by myself. Kind of knew your dad, but he's teaching. I'm just, you know. And but she, I remember she came to church with me. Now she was brought up Jehovah Witness. Mm-hmm. So I remember she came with me to the church because she wanted to kind of support me. She had her New World Translation mm-hmm. Bible, right? That's the, the Bible that they uh, had. And uh, yeah, she did. She did. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I remember. When, oh, I'll tell you a story. Okay, that. let me finish because you made me laugh. You and your dad make me laugh. But she came, and she kind of kind of played church a little, little bit. Now I got the giggles. <laughs> okay. So anyway, long story short, it didn't end. Right. We were going in two separate directions, and she never came back. Okay. And I stayed. Praise God. Yes. Yeah. I did. I so did she, did she crack out the Bible and, and, and be, try to tell you that this is the way? You her, know, her way? Uh, the, we had a conversation where she was questioning... Um, Jesus, Jesus deity, but it didn't go that far because just like somebody that grows up Mormon, grew, grew up Jehovah Witness, they kind of do it through culture. They know a little bit, but not enough. Mm-hmm. And I was so solidified in what mm-hmm. God did in my life. You knew that I couldn't be challenged yeah. at that at that time. I was just felt. I just knew. I'd been reading a lot. I'd been praying. I had this peace. You couldn't deny what was taking place in my life. I wasn't doing the things that I once did, and it wasn't the right thing for me. And I actually had enough sense at that time to be like. I'm not even going to mess around. Like, I don't want to get, you know, keep, keep falling sexually, getting in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Plus, like, I don't think we're supposed to be mar- married anyway. So why waste your time? Why waste my time? And we eventually I'm, split. I want, this isn't a question, but I want to talk about obedience. Because there's a lot of, there, there's people that they give their life to Christ. And there's things in their life, like, that they don't want to give up. Like, they have an encounter with God. But then they're like, there's gambling. Hmm. There's girlfriends. There's going out with the, the homies that night or going out to the clubs or parties or whatever, whatever like they used to do and get in, you know, that is not, a, a, I'm not saying going out to concerts is bad or, or going out to different parties with your friends. You know, I'm not talking backyard parties and getting drunk and stuff, but just like two events, cool, fun events. It's not bad, but there's stuff that they were doing that God is clearly telling them like, hey, he's convicted. It's like, hey, you know what? You don't belong in that particular area or in that environment anymore, or you don't belong with that person anymore. There's these things that need to mm-hmm. be cut back in their life, but you you had that faith and you had that obedience where you let her go after God was like speaking to you, or, and she went and God had something better for you. You married your wife, you have your kids, but there's a lot there's there's Christians that get stuck and they hold on to these things, and God's like, I want to bless you, mm-hmm. but you have to like. It's that refining process of the Holy Spirit. It's like you have to let 
these things go mm. in your life for God. It's like you had to let that girl go for God to bring you your new girl. But it didn't happen, obviously, that quick, yeah. right? It wasn't like, all right, God, I'm going to give you my, that girl, now bring me my new girl, you know? Yeah, a few years. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't like that. There was a refining process. But the obedience as you follow Christ and you let these things go, which stink at the time because – you know, I would say, you know, I didn't, I didn't never knew her, this girl, but you liked her because you were with her for a year. Yeah. So it's hard to let someone go like that and yeah. trust in God to do his work because you can't see at the end of the tunnel, you know, the majority of the time what God is doing. Yeah. But he's like, I have this whole other plan. So take this home, you listeners. Faith, having faith in Christ to work out his eternal purpose in your life, but also in obedience when he speaks to you about these things that are in your life and let them go. Mm. It's the refining process. And mm. guess what? It hurts the body appetites. It hurts the flesh. But it will, you will, he wants to bless you. Mm-hmm. But he can't bless you in certain areas if you're hanging on to these things that, that, are, that are no good. It's like bad fruit in your life, mm-hmm. right? It's like yeah. you got to cut, it's like a tree. If it produces bad fruit, God wants to chop it out, get rid of the fruit so you could produce, uh, if, you, if you were a freak. If you are a tree, when you cut back and prune it, it produces more fruit. And that's what he does. He starts cutting off all the bad branches, the dead branches in your life, all the dead places in your life. And then you produce this whole new amazing life of, of fruit. And the fruit is your actions. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts about praying in tongues? Do you have to be saved to have tongues? Or you have to, to be, be saved, saved oh, no. do you have to have tongues? No, and then you also... Uh, a lot of people say that the gift of tongues is the is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which it's not. Uh, what do we think about the gift of tongues? I mean, Paul Paul would say that I pray in tongues more than you all. Um, it's a gift that's been that's been given to you to to be done in in your own prayer life. Um, you know, there's things in our lives that we go through, and things in our hearts that we that we wrestle with that we can't even put words to. And it's a gift of the Spirit to pray uh, correctly unto the Lord. And it's a Spirit praying within you. Um, does everyone have the gift of tongues? No, not everyone has the gift of tongues. But the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8 that the Spirit groans within us with, with utterance, words that cannot be uttered. Um, and so the gift of tongues, it's a gift for the edification of you as, as a believer, as a, as a, in your own relationship with God. Uh, because there are, I, there's been so many. I mean, geez, my life right now, I don't even know how to pray correctly. Mm. Like, Lord, what? Yep. I, so, well, yeah. facts. Do you speak in tongues? Uh, yeah, you're not saved. No, just joking. <laughs> hey, you don't speak don't, in tongues. Uh-uh. Sean doesn't speak in tongues, and he's clearly saved. Nah. You do. Mm-hmm. I do. Some people don't. I mean, it's not. It's it's not. You're not saved by tongues. Yeah. But there's some churches that that, that uh, say that. Yeah. So it's not, that is not correct. You are saved by belief in Jesus Christ. And when you believe, you receive the Holy Spirit. And you will see a transformation process in, in your life. And that is, the, that is producing good fruit in your life. And that's how you know you're saved. Mm-hmm. If there's no transformation process, then what Jesus says, he'll make all the old things pass away and all, make all things become brand new. Then, then he's a liar. Mm-hmm. But God's not a liar. So the evidence is... The, the good works in your life, how you transform. And you'll be doing stuff you don't, like you would never do <laughs> when you weren't a Christian. Mm. And that's the proof of like the, God, work, the work of God inside of you. It's this Holy Spirit. Uh, what about, uh, it says, we, uh, well, we, we will know everything in heaven just like God is all-knowing. Will we know everything? Will we know everything in heaven? I know that it says there's well, there's there'll be no more tears, no more sorrows. Um, we will know we will know each other, but will we know? I mean, God's God. Yeah. You know, I mean, I we're not going to know God's God. Right. They're not not putting. We'll know as much as He wants us to know. Well, going to Corinthians, right? Um, we talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Talking about in verses twelve and chapters twelve, thirteen, fourteen. At the end of chapter thirteen where Paul kind of rebukes the church that had all the spiritual gifts working, but they were a carnal church. Um, he's saying that what value do the gifts have if um, there's carnality, right? So he's like, and the greatest gift is love. Well, at the end of that, 
he says that love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will stop. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. There won't be any need for any of these gifts. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. So that portion of scripture is powerful. It's one that could be overlooked, but it's what Paul is saying to the believers is not getting caught up in their gifts, fulfilling the call of God in their own personal lives, not putting, oh, you have this gift, I have that gift, and any of those things. Like, no, they're a blessing, but guess what? They're going to fade away. All your knowledge is going to f- f- on this earth, too. Mm-hmm. You, you know, great Bible teachers that go through challenges. They start having issues mentally, all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, he says, right now, we see dimly. We don't have everything figured out. We have question marks on various things. Mm-hmm. But then... When we're in the presence of God, seeing face to face, we shall know, even as we are known. Mm-hmm. It, it would give us um, a little bit of insight of full knowledge that will be there, there in heaven. I, I, I like the question is asked many times, like, are we going to recognize one another in heaven? He's like, well, I hope that I'm a lot. I, I'm smarter than I am now here on earth, you know, <laughs> to be able to identify yeah. these people. I hope I'm not stupider. Um, and so. We we, um, we know that there would be there's going to be a fulfillment. There's going to be a peace. There's going to be an assurance, and I for sure a, a level of knowledge and completion that happens in the fulfillment of, of salvation. I would add even uh, what you were saying about the gifts. I would say follow Jesus, go after Him, and live the life that He's created for, and the gifts will follow. Don't focus on them. They will just happen as you're about His business because they're gifts and tools and abilities yes. to do His work. Very simple. Follow Jesus through the word. All right. Uh, what does God allow? Oh, why does God allow uh, people to be demon possessed? You know, I, yeah. you know what I trip out on is speaking of demon possession, like just in the, in the Bible, these, these different mm-hmm. stories, like, you know, the demoniac guy, like what the heck was he into mm-hmm. to have like a legion, you know, of, yeah, of, of demons into this guy. So, I mean, I don't know what the heck that guy was into. Well, even all the kids that were like demon yeah, the kids in the Bible, right? The kids getting demon possessed. Well, I, I think that they're, especially in like, in the context in which the gospels were being written, even you were talking about Rome and, and Corinth, there is so much wickedness and mm-hmm. just pagan lifestyles and, and idol worship. There it is right there. And yep. they're, uh, for the kids, unfortunately, uh, I think their parents were opening. The kids are ignorant, you know. Uh, I think the worship and the things that their parents were into uh, were opening doors into the lives of their children. You know, um, yeah. you're talking about legion. There was obviously um, idol worship taking place because of the, the pigs that were around, and those those would, pigs would be an abomination amongst God's people in Israel. So there was definitely a pagan influence in the Decapolis in that region. The Syrophoenician woman, uh, who God only knows what they were into. So there were so when you when you read the Bible, sometimes when you especially the Gospels, you tend to think like, oh, it was a good little Jewish area, and that's not true. No, there was pagan worship mm-hmm. and idolatry and sorcery and and even sects of um, of um, Judaism that were that were really weird and and had false doctrine and th- and theology in their mm-hmm. teachings, and so. Uh, there's, I mean, Mary possessed with seven demons, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of demonic activity. I don't think God allows people, people open themselves up to demonic yeah. activity, right? Yeah. Well, that's what I was just thinking is, you know, they're, they're doing these idol worships that they're going to Moloch or Asher for whatever the gods were back then. And they're going through the, the idol worship. They're opening themselves and, to the demonic. That's what the Bible says. You're worshiping demons. Yeah, exactly. That's what so an idol is. that they just the kids are getting possessed and the whole thing. It's like, and that's how stuff happens today. Is they're whatever they're exposed to, they're opening themselves up to these things and they're opening their imagination to these things and you know uh, acting out, casting spells like Harry Potter and all yeah, these things. Same things with kids today that they're learning. Right. You're doing the magic uh, motions. Yeah. 
So what do you think is going to happen? Well, sometimes we think like Satan's going to come to like a young person and be like, I'm a demon. Can I possess you? <laughs> it's yeah. not, he's not that like, he's yeah. smarter than that, right? Yeah. He transforms himself into an angel of light. Mm. And so the, like so all these cartoons, there's a ton of witchcraft. Oh my you gosh. know, there's a yeah. ton of witchcraft in a lot of things that are taking place in the world today. So, I mean, the whole new age movement and people never, people don't enter into the new age movement with the idea of being possessed. Yeah. But it happens a lot. Yep, and how, how does it come? Oh, these stones mm-hmm. and uh, worship Mother Earth, you know, the creation and not the creator, you know, the waters, the god of the water and the god of the su- the sun god. You know, the Egypts were into the sun god. They mm-hmm. thought, the Ra- was it Ra? Mm-hmm. The most powerful god. It was it was Ra. It was, it was the sun, the, mm-hmm. the giver of life, the crops. And, you know, it, it starts with just worshiping the sun or the stars, and then mm-hmm. that turns into... Black, the Egypts are all the Egyptians were. That's where the black magic came from. When you when you read the the history of where it all mm. came from, mm. those guys. Okay, last question is: How is it that we're allowed to go into um, public schools and talk about Christ at the events without getting the door shut? Well, there was a law that anyone with any kind of club, Christian, uh, the Satanists actually have a club, the Mormons, the Catholics, the LGBTQ, everyone has clubs on public schools and you get permissions from the uh, principal to go in and get it signed up, but you have to go in through the Christian club. So you go in through the Christian club, you get it signed off and we go in and by choice, when they walk into the actual gymnasium, they're there by choice. So whatever we're allowed to talk about, whatever we want, cause it's our club, it's a Christian club and we're going to talk about God. Mm-hmm. So whatever we decide to say in there, we are able to legally to do it. And that's how you do not get, kicked out so anyone can actually start a bible club within the schools and the middle schools high schools and uh what do they call them grammar school i don't what do they call them elementary elementary school so you go there and you could do that and even in the colleges and universities you could have these clubs and we go in and we give the gospel we lead them to the lord we tell them about the blood shed on the cross forgiveness of sins tell them they're dirty sinners they start laughing um because no one has to tell them they're sinners uh especially in these day and ages and then um we pray for them, and then we get them plugged into the Bible club, the church on campus, and then the job of the Bible club is to connect them with their local pastor that comes and teaches at the Bible club to their youth group and invite their family to their church. So that's pretty much how the discipleship works. You preach the gospel, and then you teach them to obey my commandments, and that's within the Bible school club, Bible club, and the church. So remember to go to uh, the whosoever's Dot com contact us book us to come out to your schools go to our youtube channel and you can get all the past radio shows you know speaking of new age i just interviewed this girl uh brit prior and she's from florida i met her when i was out there uh doing a tour and she actually got into yoga well started with like abuse and then she got into yoga and then from yoga she got around people within that scene that was like no one's gonna make you better you're going to make yourself better. Then she started going to college and uh, it was like she started studying like uh, world religions mm-hmm. and then that led her into Buddhism. And I'll leave it just at there. But then she liked the whole thing like, you're a god. Mm-hmm. I'm a god. And I'm like, oh, it sounds like Satan. He wanted to be like God. Yep. So the Buddhists, you're a god. They're a god. Everyone's a god. You're your own god. You could fix yourself and self help yourself. And that led her to basically like dark magic stuff and stay tuned for that that was an incredible story you know i've heard a lot of testimonies and stories on the radio show but my jaw was dropping as she started talking about um astro travel astro projection which is crazy because you think about doctor who doctor who and all those and and red and all those those are all pushing astro projection Mm. i mean going back to these kids getting demon possessed what we're watching right now, they're showing you astral projection on Disney, on Doctor yep. Who, and all these huge blockbuster films. And when you really get down to it, what it is is it's black magic. And it gets introduced through New Age or yoga or these, you know, in, in, in any way will lead you to these, these routes. And it's all overlap. It's packaged different, white magic, black magic, New Age. It's all the occult. And Satan wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. But anyway, stay tuned for that. Sean McKeon. Wade O'Neill, thank you. Today was epic. Peace.
This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show. What do you do when your world is falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.